Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Just a huge, 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 huge welcome. Um, we were in the middle of a, a series on um, looking at when Jesus met. Hang on a sec. I feel a bit high. Hang on. Uh, we're looking at we're looking at different characters in the Bible that met Jesus and how Jesus responds responded to him. And so. Um, I've been awake since one o'clock this morning, so I'm hoping the, I'm hoping the Holy Spirit is going to kick in soon. Uh, I'm going to give you sort of three, I'm also going to try and pronounce three Hebrew and Greek words, so wish me luck. Um, uh, we're going to look at the, the story of the, the, the woman who, who met Jesus, who encountered Jesus, who touched the hem of his, his garment, the, the or uh, the bleeding woman, uh, as it's described. But I, I've called today the story of the woman who refused to sit back. Um, and so we're going to look at Mark in a minute. I don't know about you. Have you ever been in, uh, in pain so, for so long that you don't remember what it's like not to feel pain? Or you've been sick so long, you don't know what it's like. Uh, back in November, I, I was, uh, I'd been ill November through to. December, and I just forgot what it's like to be not ill. You ever feel like that? Uh, and sometimes you allow that pain to drive you away from God, where you say, God, you know, you clench your fist. Why don't you take this pain away? Why don't you heal me? Uh, what I want to suggest today, as we look at this uh, brilliant story, uh, we're going to suggest today to allow that pain that you feel to drive you towards God and not away from him. And so the words are going to come up on the screen. We have some Bibles at the back. If you don't have a Bible, take one with our, with our compliments as well. But words are going to come up on the screen. We're going to look at Mark 5, 25 through 34. Um, and, a wo- uh, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, uh, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. So the next slide. Great, thanks. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Uh, And his disciples said, you see the people crowding against you, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Uh, Then the woman, knowing what had happened uh, to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Uh, this is the word of God. It's really, really true, and it's given to you and you and me in love. The, this story was mentioned in Matthew, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and it's a powerful, powerful story about uh, healing 
and faith. And uh, I just want to spend a few minutes uh, just exploring from that, exploring that. Um, uh, forgive me as well, because I'm going to talk about periods. And um, I've kind of run this through Viv to kind of, <laughs> is she okay with me talking about bleeding and periods? And, um, uh, and so for half of you, I don't want to patronize you. For the other half, this might be a bit of an education. <laughs> Come Holy Spirit. <laughs> um, you see... You see, women, women by nature are pr pr prone to bleeding. It's given to her by God. Uh, it's not something of her making. And during her monthly period, uh, women lose blood from that unfertilized egg. And if the egg is fertilized, it forms the nucleus of a human being. It's the beginning of life. Uh, and if not, it breaks and it oozes out as slowly as blood. I love, love all human beings begin life in a woman's womb by God's design. And uh, the first building project that God did was make, make a woman. He, he made, he, he built a woman. He made a woman uh, because he wanted to give life to all human beings. Uh, the experience of menstruating is often one of uh, excruciating pain for some women and nerve-wracking headache or migraine pain bed-bound uh, can last from zero to seven or more days uh, some of it have compared it to the lesser pain of childbirth uh, whenever she, whenever a woman conceives and gives birth or not every woman experiences pain akin to childbirth um, uh, about six months ago, I, I said to Viv, you know, writing a sermon is a bit like childbirth. Because <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> in, in my head, I was like, you know, I'm, it's within me, and I kind of have to meditate and think, and as you deliver it, you speak out. She said, never, ever, ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Come to the cross, I'm sorry. Um, Jesus, he, he recalls that a woman in childbirth suffer great pain because of her, her time has come. Back in, in John 16, he says about, but after the child is born, she forgets her pain because the joy of a human being is born. Uh, church history has described Jesus, Jesus experiencing the birth pangs in his protected three-day passion, starting from the agony in the garden through his trial, his crucifixion, and death on the cross. In the garden, he sweat drops of blood uh, from his forehead. He sweat drops of blood. And you see artists depicting him with blood, with a bloodshot face and a blood oozing from his um, crown, crowned head. Crowned, crowned head. And you see climactically on the cross where, where Jesus' hands and his feet, where blood is oozing from him. His mission accomplished in, in John 19 when he says he gave the spirit. And uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, Viv talked about the soldier that pierced Jesus' side and he got Thomas to kind of touch that, touch that wound. The soldier pierced his side with a lance and blood and water flowed out. 
Um, well, why am I talking about this? Uh, Jesus has experienced uh, pain. Jesus has experienced loss of blood. And he can relate to, to women who experience this every, every month. The pain and stress, I, uh, I can hardly imagine. As, as men, we, we don't know the, the pain and stress. When, when Viv was giving birth to Abby, she, I, I was by her side and she would grab... There was, uh, she, she was in labor for about three days. And, um, and she would grab a certain part of my hand, and she's got nails, and she would dig into, her ha into my hands, and it really, really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and occasionally, I'd just kind of move my hand around to kind of get another piece, but she wanted to kind of <laughs> dig in and course I couldn't complain. <laughs> Remember that uh, YouTube, Charlie bit my finger. It was that kind of, it really hurts, it really hurts. Um, but, but Mark's gospel in this describes her affliction as, uh, as this Greek word mastigos, which means a whip. It was like a whip in pain. But the physical score, the physical pain was nothing compared to the social trauma or stigmatization of her, uh, of her, the religious heritage. You see, her condition uh, made her unclean, according to Jewish law. That meant she couldn't be around other people. She couldn't go to synagogue or to any other gather gathering. She had to stand at a distance from everyone else. If she was married, her husband, she, so she was in this pain for 12 years. If she was married, her husband could divorce her because uh, he couldn't have children. If she wasn't married, no man would want her as, as his wife. And she had to announce her unclean status whenever anyone approached. It was really lonely, socially unacceptable, kind of like a Walking Dead episode. Uh, the embarrassment, the trauma caused by the, this dehumanization, I can't imagine. None of us can imagine that. But this is why I've called this the story of a woman who refused to sit back. It, the story of the bleeding woman is a story who, who refused to, res or res she refused to resign to the fate and allow herself to, to bleed to death. Um, and I, I just want to propose that why didn't she die, 12 years of bleeding? Uh, I think it was her de determination to stay alive. Uh, and again, she was luckier than many women who bled to death during childbirth. But this story of the woman here is very different. Um, it, it, uh, it, that sustaining, it, it forced her, it wanted her to do everything that she could do in her power to stay alive for 12 years. So she, she must have paid the equivalent of tens of thousands of pounds to, to doctors to, to get rid of her affliction. But it got worse. And I, I just want to say, I believe that what motivated her was her belief that God didn't intend for her to live in perpetual uh, sickness. Uh, I, um, a few, few years ago, Viv and I were at dinner party, our children were a bit younger, so we, we hardly ever went out. And uh, we, we just had a great time with, with our friends on a Friday night. And 
the, there was about eight or nine of us, and it was really good, all, all guys from our old church, and it was really fantastic. And I, uh, I then looked over the opposite, and I saw one of our friends, and I, had it, I saw this picture of the story kind of around her. As I was looking at her, my imagination was about the bleeding woman that touched Jesus' hem. And um, it's where I kind of began coining the phrase, the awesomes in the awkward. Um, because uh, I, I just I felt compelled to say, this is going to sound really weird, but when I'm looking at you, I just I hear this story in, in Mark about the bleeding woman. And, and the, you can imagine the, the whole dinner table went silent as we kind of I talked about a taboo subject. And uh, what it turned out was that she had been suffering every time that she was having a, a monthly cycle, that she was in debilitating pain. And so she had to stay in bed for a couple of days. And, and so we just began to pray. We just said, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you revealed something that you want to release to, uh, to our friends. And so we prayed, we prayed for her and and I think her next cycle, it, she was free of pain. She was absolutely free of pain. I think it was the same kind of time when I approached a, a homeless lady and said, what do you need? And she said, oh, I need some tampons. So I began to get over myself about the awkwardness of, of some of that. But the awesomeness of God is, is present. And um, what, as I was thinking about today, probably about half two this morning, I was thinking there might be that story might be released across the room where some of you just hearing that story, our friend or maybe this story, the, the woman who refused to hold back, may that be released to you as well. And even now, I believe that God is, uh, God is doing something in the room. So what we want to do is just look at three things about, about this story. Can I just pray? Let me just pray. Um, so, Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. Would you move amongst us right now with your power? And Jesus, I thank you that you suffered, that you sweat drops of blood, that you were whipped by your stripes. We were healed that the blood that was shed was meant for our healing and our freedom. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, come. Amen. Amen. So we have a phrase uh, that we often say here, just come as you are. Anyone is welcomed in the room. Anyone's welcome here. And this, the, this woman here, she got this idea of just coming as she was to Jesus. In verse 27, she says, well, it says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, the hem. In that moment, though, not only did she violate Jewish law to be in that crowd, but touching a holy man, a rabbi, would render him unclean because of her unclean status, which would bring a strong reprimand, reprimand and would make, according to Jewish law, would make that clean man unclean for a day just by touching, touching that person. And so she was at great risk here, risk of rejection. 
which t again tells us of her de desperate state. This was beyond awkward. This was, she was about to get rejected beyond uh, what she's been suffering. But she was desperate for a cure. And she got one. And she got one. Uh, just think about this. A Jewish thinking at the time said that if, if unclean meets clean, then unclean contaminates clean. And clean becomes unclean. This is why she was doomed to a life of quarantine, of excommunication. Yet when she came to Jesus, and this time what happened, the unclean met clean, and clean made the unclean clean. Uh, this is what Jesus does for each of us. We come to him as we are, and our uncleanness, we just come to him in our state, and he brings the cleansing to us. Uh, Billy Graham, I've got a quote here from Billy Graham in his autobiography, um, Just As I Am. Billy Graham, the fantastic evangelist, theologian, he's led millions of people to, to Christ during his ministry. Um, he, he says this, uh, you come to God just as you are. You don't try to get cleaned up first. Why? Because none of us can get clean enough for God. We're all sinners. Our best hope and our only hope is to come to him just as we are. And, he's, and he described, I watched the video of this. He said, bring all your sin, bring all your needs, all of your worries to him and allow him to clean you physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And, and the Apostle Paul describes this interchange between unclean and clean in 2 Corinthians 5. He says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We who are unclean come to the clean and the clean make us clean. Tongue twister. Uh, and I, I just want to, I just had this another thought, probably about half three, just that there's a number of you who feel unclean. Uh, whatever's happened, whether... You've drunk too much and something's happened, or you haven't drunk too much but something's happened, or you've had years and years of just feelings, shame and guilt and stuckness. Come to Jesus. Come to him and let him clean you. Guys, I, I want us and our desperation to drive you to God, not away from God. Let your pain that you're feeling cause you, like this woman, Go towards God rather than away from God. Bring everything that you have uh, to the Hebrew word Jehovah Rapha, the healer, the one that can heal you. Allow him to purify you, mind, body, soul, spirit. And when you come, come like the lady in the story. Don't worry about the crowds, what other people say. Just come to him. Okay, number two. I've oh, got a couple of time. Number two. Uh, believe the impossible. I want you to catch this woman's motivation. Believe the impossible. As a, as a church, we want us all to be on mission and to take that risk-taking uh, model that we've seen here and take it wherever you are. Uh, on Thursday, just this last week, we had a delivery. So all of our food that you... That, that's here. Um, we have some deli uh, Tesco delivery 
come through every Thursday, and, and a, a guy came in here, and we were just having a, a meeting just, just where Paul and Karen are, and the guy came in, and, uh, and he dropped off all the baggage, and I just said, hey, you're in a church. Why are you here? Do you want some prayer? And um, he, he began to, he just looked at, looked at us, and uh, he said, uh, I, I'm just bereaved. I'm just broken. Uh, and I think Georgia said, you know, I just feel like your heart, like God, God wants to heal your heart. And he just, he turned around, just where Luke is, he turned around and faced the wall, and he just began to break down in tears. And um, I, I went up to him, and I, he just told, told me about his wife. He died six months ago. And then his son who'd moved, son and son and daughter who'd moved to Australia, and his son had just been run over and died like a month ago. Um, and so I was telling him about my dad who died about a month ago. Uh, and this guy, his name was John, and my dad, dad's name was John. And so we had a little, little moment, and we were both crying. And, uh, it, but it was incredible. Just a simple, would you like prayer, opened up this man to, 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 to God and to Jesus. It was amazing. Uh, I want us to catch, catch this belief in the impossible, catch her faith. She took legal risks to do it. She takes social risks to, to, catch, to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. In verse 28, this was her thinking. She said, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And then verse 29, it gives us the result. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. I don't know what that felt like. I don't know what that feels like. But immediately, she felt as though something stopped, and she was freed from her suffering. As we said before, the woman had tried it before. She tried every doctor, every cure, every uh, mail-in magazine, every online prescription, every vitamin, every over-the-counter drug, um, every herb, every hypnotherapy, every uh, vitamin, every procedure, every exercise. When we do healing on the streets, we often get a lot of people coming to us who've tried acupuncture, hypnotherapy, and they spend thousands of pounds. We, we chatted to one guy who's, who'd just seen a psychic, and the psychic had, had charged him two and a half thousand pounds. And I said to him, we can tell you your future, <laughs> and it'll be for free. We can tell you how God feels about you for free. He was like, what? I can, I can do this for free? Um, we often pray, when we do healing on the streets, we have a big banner saying healing. And we often get people who are healers coming to us, or people who are psychics, palm readers. And they're my favorite people to pray for. I, uh, we don't go in like shundai, like attack. <laughs> Let's get them. Um, we often have sort of witches who kind of walk around and I just want to give them a hug. I'm like, come, let's have a hug. Like, let's hug it out. And they kind of back off. And I'm like, come, come. Um, every healer that I've prayed for, every sort of psychic healer uh, that I've prayed for are riddled with sickness. Really, I find it ironic. I said, so you're a healer. How's that working for you? Like, uh, seriously, how's that, how's that going? And I said, would you, like, would you like to be introduced to the healer of healers? Can I introduce you to this, the one that can heal you? He's the healer of all the healers. 
And uh, I love that. I love that. And they get free. It's amazing. And it's free of charge. It's amazing. Okay. Um, I'm going down all kinds of bunny trails. Um, There was something about the woman's faith that caught Jesus' eye. Do you remember Jesus? He's he's attracted to faith. It's like his love language. He's attracted to, to faith. She, she just knew all she had to do was touch Jesus. She didn't need his attention. She didn't need his touch on her. She didn't need his time. She just needed to touch him, and that would be enough. Uh, I'm just going to skip ahead. Um, on lots of rabbis and teachers would have a, a shawl around, like, almost like a prayer shawl. And uh, on the prayer shawl, all the... The, all the, the laws would be in tiny four knots at the end of the four corners of this shawl. And, it re- and they were all blue. They all had to be blue. And this represented the, the Old Testament. It re- represented the commands, all the laws. I think there was like seven, nearly 700 laws that were in these tiny knots. And so they were on public display so that the, the, the rabbis and the, the Jewish people could almost like see the commandments in front of them. There was something about touching those. So when we think about the hem of his garment, it's not like a hem of a dress or the, the, the hem of a jean. It's, it's like these tassels that come from the prayer shawl. If you're in North London on a Friday around Tottenham, you'll see lots of Jewish peoples coming out of synagogue and you'll see them with the prayer shawls or even on their on their jeans they'll have these four strands uh, going down all kind of in, in tiny little knots I, I want to propose I was looking into that and these are called um, I'm not going to get my son to say this because he will he'll say it in a different way titsus <laughs> and so these were these little strands and they were the point of contact she needed to help release her faith to receive a miracle. Um, so first, they represented the word of God. There's, that's the place where we can find healing, through the word of God. And secondly, she heard that these fringes also represented authority. She'd heard many people were healed by Jesus, and he taught with authority. When he spoke, people were healed. And lastly, this is where I've been fascinated the the last week or so, as I've been given birth. (laughs) Forgive me. Um, There was more to the fringes, and I just wanted to sort of land on this. Uh, Every Jewish person would have have heard about the, the coming Messiah, and the prophets would have spoken about this coming Messiah. The prophet Malachi spoke about the Messiah of Israel. And he said of this in Malachi 4. And she would have known this. He said about, this is about Jesus. For you uh, who revere my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. See, the Hebrew word for wings in this passage, the Hebrew is kanaf, which is a word specifically used for fringe-like feathers uh, of a bird's wings. Uh, all of us know, have seen sort of eagles or, or hawks in the summer. And we've seen them flying. It's the kind of the edges of their wings, the, the fluffy bits of the edges of the wing. Uh, and th- this word, 
uh, uh, wings in the Hebrew had these two meanings. One was the wings of an eagle, but also the the fringes, the edges. And the woman, I, I want to propose, and lots of theologians have proposed this, the woman heard that Jesus was the Messiah and perhaps remembered this messianic promise from the skull of Malachi and thought, if I'm to be healed, it can be found in his wings. It can be found there. And by faith, she reached out and touched the fringes. She touched the wings and was healed. She was a pioneer because later on in the Gospels, it describes how many people would come and touch, touch Jesus. She was the first who, who touched Jesus. Didn't, Jesus didn't need to do anything. He, she, was, she touched him. So what about you? Will you believe in the impossible? Again, I'm not talking about blind faith or, you know, putting God to the test, restricting him to healing by saying, you know, make me well or I'm giving up on you. I'm talking about holding on to God when you've got nothing else to hold on to. And many of us here in the room, because I I know your story, many of us, we've just held on to God. Believing that what God can do, um, uh, that only God can do, otherwise it's humanly impossible. And last thing, I want to say, receive his healing, just like the woman. Receive his healing. Jesus, he, he attributes uh, the healing not to his power or to his supernatural release or to the all-powerful God, but he attributes the healing to her faith. It wasn't superstition. This wasn't magic. This was God choosing to reward faith. And when Jesus says, your faith has healed you, the, he- the word healing is the same word for saved, delivered, whole. It's the same, same word there, sozo. Wholeness. Um, Jesus says to her, be freed from your suffering. He doesn't tell her to go to a priest or an official blessing. We read that, he does that for other people, like the man he healed with leprosy. Her, her healing was private, hidden, in the pressing of a large crowd. And this is what I love about, about this story. Uh, he calls this, um, this person, he calls her woman. Uh, but specifically, he says daughter. Uh, and Jesus, does, he doesn't just heal the issue, he heals the whole person. And he, I wonder why he calls her daughter. For 12 years, she's been separated from the community. She's been an outcast. But he says, uh, woman, uh, sorry, daughter, daughter, your faith has healed you. Daughter, suddenly in that moment, his words uh, bring light to her. Okay, let me land. Um, Just sickness and death are just part of our world. Pain is part of our world. Bereavement, grief, loss, sickness, trauma is part of our world. My, the good news I wanted to say is that someday God, God will eradicate all of that completely. There'll be no more sickness. Someday there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. There'll be no more tears, no more sadness, no more sickness and death. Until now, what we do is we throw ourselves at the hem of Jesus. That's what we're called to do, just throw ourselves at the hem of Jesus. 
and through our faith and his kingdom is released here on earth today. And so we seek a future kingdom here and now. We're not waiting for, for that day. We're, we're praying, let your kingdom come today. And so this is a story of a woman who refused to hold, hold back. I just want to invite you, where, where are you feeling pain or sadness? Where do you need to come to, to Jesus? And um, uh, so what we're going to do is we're just going to invite the band to come up. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.